Hello, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. The small towns and communities of Cleveland County, North Carolina have long been a hotbed of music in all its many forms. Several Cleveland County musicians have found commercial success and critical acclaim in the music industry. Yeah, everybody knows that Earl Scruggs, Don Gibson, Patty Loveless, and Alicia Bridges are from Cleveland County. Donald Byrd, too. So this is not a podcast about them. This is a podcast about the musicians who are still here and keep music alive here. This is the stories, and you need to know them and know the people who are making the music. This is not, this is not your normal podcast. Today on Big Sound Small Town, my guest is multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, par excellence, Mr. Kevin Bridges. Is this thing on? (laughs) Is this thing on? I hope it is. There's a graveyard in my backyard Watch them from my room Sometimes I hear them talk Sometimes I speak of you They say you came from heaven Higher than the moon Bird outside my window Sings a morning song for you And every day he looks like rain I turn in early Try to sleep off faith I hear the ghost whisper
That's a pretty powerful song. And I have a real sense of deja vu. Why is that? Because you think we've done this before, right? I feel like we've done this before. Nah. Well, listen, that song sounds like bullshit. That didn't really happen, did it? Actually, though most songs are in the category that you previously <laughs> described, uh, this one has some basis in truth. Uh, a young couple got married in Charlotte and they were flying to Asheville, North Carolina on their honeymoon. This is in 1956 before the days of pressurized cabins and airplanes and apparently there had been some alcohol involved and the young bridegroom walked out the wrong door and fell out of the airplane and uh, landed in a graveyard, which is, I don't know, 500 feet or so from where we sit right now. For real? It's in a, yeah, in the graveyard at Zion Baptist Church in Shelby, North Carolina. There's a little marker there that just says, fell from airplane, or an Ace of Pruitt, June 13th, 1956. Was there anybody in that graveyard when he failed? The, the dead. The dead? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he woke anybody up or not. <laughs> he may have. Well, you know, that's a pretty, pretty, Sweet to a, to a pretty funny story in a tragic sort of way. Tragically funny story. That they say you... he bounced. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you think he bounced? <laughs> That's a Mythbusters episode, I believe. Uh, so, how did this music songwriting adventure start for you? Oh, man. That's just kind of. Well, after I finally got a guitar, well, let's start at the beginning. When I was a kid, I saw The Who on TV, and they smashed the stuff at the end of the performance, and uh, I had a toy plastic guitar, and I took it out into the driveway, and I smashed the plastic guitar, and that was, I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, I could see where that would be a real rush. I, I never, uh, I never smashed a real one because I don't have the money to, uh, <laughs> go around smashing guitars. Maybe one day? Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. But after I learned to play a few chords, all I wanted to do was write, and at the time I was influenced by the great masterful songwriting techniques of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the, the key to every song was rhyming well with hell, and uh, everything everything was good after that. Mm -hmm. so, so, so you were sitting around writing... Um, Kiss songs, kit songs for Kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't as good, <laughs> believe it or not. Oh, were you playing with anybody? What, how did you learn to play? I mean, did, did you know you had that guitar? Well, I smashed. asked my parents for a guitar for for years, and finally they got me a bass. <laughs> though I've been asking for a guitar. Yeah, that's not. So I had no desire to play the bass, so I just sit and played bar chords on the bottom two strings of the bass until I finally got a guitar. And uh, I was lucky enough to live in a neighborhood where there were two different bands within half a mile of my house. So I would go watch people or listen to people practice. We didn't have the courage to go to Rick DeLozier's house and say, hey, can we come in? But, uh, <laughs> but listening to my cousin and I would sit in the field across from Rick DeLozier's house and listen to them play. And they were, uh, they were really good. They? What were they playing then? Oh God! This would have been—I don't remember. Would it have been rock and roll? Oh rock yeah, and rock and roll. roll yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This would have been '70s rock and roll. Then what did the other guy band do? 
Oh, the same kind of stuff, just not oh. as well. But I, I, but I knew them better. Right. And I, I could go I up there. Actually, go in there. And 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 sometimes I would sing. It was actually the first band I was ever in because I was the singer. Oh, okay. For a while, but you know, I would turn around and watch them play, and then I would go home and just try to emulate what they had done. But, I mean, we were a great band. Uh, we were in a in a once in a battle of bands that had four bands in it, and we finished fourth. <laughs> They didn't give participation trophies back then. <laughs> well, did did early, did early on? I mean, early on, I guess you realized you could sing. I mean, or did I don't it? think I could then. <laughs> I don't know if I can now, but I'm better. <laughs> well, I mean, but so that's also been a, a big part of it for you too. I mean, basically, yeah, you've been a singer every everywhere you've been. Yeah, not not on purpose. Right. During well, the during the day, you know, you do a lot of things if you want to be in a band. True. And if nobody's willing to sing or nobody's willing to play bass, as you know, yes. uh, you end we up, you end up. Yes, we both have done that. <laughs> we both have done that several times. Oh. You're doing it right now. <laughs> oh well. Full uh, disclosure: Sandy is in a band with me, <laughs> where we force him to play bass. Yeah, if you can call it playing. Cleveco. Like to. Some some people would Cleveco. say I just hold the bass. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean. You know, you got to start somewhere, and and sometimes you do have to do stuff like I mean, that's the Levon Ham, isn't it? No one would sing in the band, so yes, he did. So he did. Know? So I mean, I, I like to say I didn't come from a very musical family, but in a way I did. If you, but my immediate family was not right musical, although every once in a while. My mother would pick up the guitar and she knew how to play How Much Is That Doggy in the Window, the only song she knew. And my dad would walk in everywhere and just play some notes and tell me that was under the double eagle and I should <laughs> learn how to play that. And then he would just walk back out. I have no idea whether that was true or not. I don't remember whether he played it right or not because I had no idea what the song was right. at the time. Well, I mean, obviously they were somewhat musical in... Uh... And my, uh, but but the, the lineage is, is there. My uncle... My dad's brother, he always played, and right. both his sons played in a country band with him. Uh, my great uncle played with Don Gibson before Don went to Na right. Nashville when they were still a local band. And uh, I've got a cousin now, Josh McSwain, who's in a fairly successful country band called Parmalee. Yes, he is. I actually sold him his first really good guitar, which uh, he was a kid, and I'd left a band I was in thinking that I was done playing electric guitar. And let him have a um, late sold him a late sixties Stratocaster that um uh, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking? Oh, it wasn't much. But it turned out well for him, so you yeah. did your part. I yes, guess. it did. So, so all right. When when did you get a serious band? Kind of. Uh, I mean, were you playing? You were playing in high school already, right? Yeah, yeah. Played in high school. Had you know, friend bands and stuff like that. But. Uh, well, I wasn't long out of high school, really, but uh, I got the opportunity to play with Alan Biggerstaff and yeah, Paul Setzer and Phil Pendleton. It was small talk at the time, and right. later Alan and I went on to form No Alibi. Right. Play. And, uh, That's good stuff. I played with it? Alan for years and years and would quit and come back. And I did everything in No Alibi. At first, I played guitar, and little Bill Allison played right. bass. And, uh, then people would quit, and I would play bass. And of course. Then I just sang, and Todd Hamby played bass, and then I came and played bass. And 
Tony, Tony Clements was, was an original, original member of No Alibi. We should do a No Alibi show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably should. You know, although the, although a really big piece is missing there. Yeah, we could kind of do a tribute to the big yeah, piece that's missing. Yeah, I guess. yeah, that, that would have been a good one to get too oh, on this yeah. show. But can you know? I have to get the old guys before <laughs> <laughs> while they're still here. This is radio. Nobody knows how old we are. Oh, this is true. We're young. We're not that old, really. We are not that old. So, so, did you start, when did you start doing the songwriting in bands? I mean, did you do that from the get-go? Yeah, other, some, other somewhat. Than the kiss, yeah, other than the yeah, kiss. Yeah, other than the kiss thing. Like, uh, playing with Alan, Alan was a great, he was more, he, he enjoyed writing the music part more so than, than the lyrics. So, he, he would just record, he would finish the song musically and give it here and say, hey, you know, give it to me and say, here, write, write some lyrics. Right. And, uh, was that hard? It's different. Yeah. It's different because it's not, I don't know, I think you write completely different when you're writing for a, a more of a rock project, especially when, when, you're, when the rock project is, is kind of good at riff-oriented right. material. And, you know, otherwise, when I'm, the other stuff is all, you know, John Prine, John Hyatt. And I was lucky enough growing up with Danny Parker, our other Cleveco bandmate, yes. his older brothers, had uh, got probably a thousand records, and you know we'd be listening to Leonard Skinner and, and John Prine and Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd all at the same time. And, and I think John Prine, you know, everybody, a lot of people would say John Prine was one of their biggest influences. But, but to me, you know, he's the person that I learned from that you could be funny. Yeah, with the song, yeah, and, and actually say something in in the same song. Uh, yeah, as we just witnessed uh, at the beginning of the show. Yeah, hopefully that's kind of a. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, there is, there is, there. You also have some pretty dark songs. What What are your two favorite topics? Uh, murder songs and. Um, I do like a good murder song. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's he does. He, he he does like a good murder song. They're all love songs. <laughs> All songs are love songs, really. They, they sometimes love doesn't go that way. Well, this is true, and uh, that's when it's interesting. It's not really, uh, it's not really that interesting when it's uh, yeah. Nicholas Sparks' version of uh, yeah, more Cormac McCarthy version. Is yeah, more well, yeah. Me. Unless, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good analogy. I, uh, yeah, what do they say? Once you get really happy, you can't write good songs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, there, there's a. There's a bunch going on now. How many projects do you have going on today? Uh, well, really just two, other than myself. I do some solo stuff and like to do, I like to do songwriter rounds and showcases and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun to, to meet other songwriters. It's a thing that didn't exist and does, still doesn't exist enough around here, but yeah, you know, Charlotte area has a lot of it. Are you comfortable doing a one-man thing? I'm fairly comfortable now. It took a lot of years of hiding behind the band, and it's still more. Uh, I think I still still tend to ha to write for a band more, you right. know, to to have the spaces that I know are going to be filled up, than to just. I mean, you hear you. Yeah, I I'm, I'm never going to be James Taylor. You yeah, know, you know, that's not. Well, and I guess you played in a band where you're already hearing 
the band parts almost as you're writing the song, maybe. Oh, yeah, especially the longer you play with people, yeah. you kind of know what they're going to play, and True. it kind of influences the way the way True. you write the song, I think. So, well, that's, you know, I don't know. Is there, um, talk me through some of the last bands, you know. I mean, I know you played a lot of places with a lot of different people in the last... Yeah, like I said, the, the No Alibi days and was Small Talk was the first serious band I was in that actually went out and played gigs right. and stuff like that, and then No Alibi. And after that, the, the Snake Handlers and Dancing Hobos, uh, myself and Danny Parker and Art right. Mooney played together for years, and those were some really good projects. Had a lot of, a lot of regional success and tens of fans. And, tens uh, of fans and recorded... Recorded, oh man, but recorded really weird because both both projects recorded two albums, the second of which didn't get released in each one. Oh, really? So there's not much hope for that second Cleveco <laughs> album, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, it's kind of looking that way. Yeah. Maybe we could break, but, yeah. maybe we could break them all. But know. currently, you know, the Cleveco, we, and we did uh, we did an album with Cleveco called Carolina Sing Along, which I'm really proud of yeah. that we recorded it over at good. Scott Moss's studio. And uh, mm -hmm. thanks to Scott for producing and engineering. That little piece of a uh, Cleveland County Americana. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, I'm also playing with a band called uh, Kill Devils. I was wondering if you could remember with, uh, two of my No Alibi bandmates, mm -hmm. and uh, Todd Hamby and Josh Allison. Who Josh is also the nephew of Bill Allison, who True. is a founding member of No Alibi. So, True. you know, my little circle of friends doesn't get very big, and. Uh, I mean, I mean, but it's good. I mean, obviously you feel comfortable playing music with these people, you know, and that's, you know. I see it more as they're just willing to play music <laughs> with me. <laughs> there must be a reason. I mean, I, I'm trying to fathom what it is, but there must be a reason they enjoy playing music. Well, you're guilty them. of it too, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, you know, so... What's the future hold for you? I mean, I don't know. Feeding the cat apparently <laughs> is it in the near future, but uh, I just, I'll just keep on writing songs. That's, I think it's the only way you get better at it is to keep doing it. And if you don't spend the time with it, that's the biggest thing: is having having the time to having the time to do it. Do, do you you consider yourself a songwriter, a singer, or a, or a player? Ah, uh, hopefully. A songwriter, because you know, none of the rest of it really. I mean, it matters, but yeah, you know right. what I mean. That, that's that's the reason I started doing it. That's right. that's all I've ever wanted to do. So hopefully, I've gotten a little better at that over the years. And yeah. Hopefully, we'll continue. You got something else you want to do? Put what? you on the spot here. Something else I want to do. You got another song you'd like to do? God no. Okay. I was, <laughs> that's that's too much on the spot. <laughs> Do you have a request? <laughs> oh, I always have. I always have requests, but you've probably forgotten how to play them. I just got back from St. Augustine. Can you do that? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we'll probably mess this up. That's okay.
appreciate you taking the time to do this and um, I was pretty retired from playing music there for a while when Kevin got in touch with me and uh, he is my favorite songwriter local songwriter but he's also one of my favorite songwriters singer songwriters I like to hear him sing of all time you need to get out and see him, his individual shows, his Cleve Co. show, his Kill Devil, they're all different. And he has a great catalog of good original tunes. Do yourself a favor and get out and see him. Thank you, Kevin. Amen. Notes on the Kevin Bridges recording. We did this in the basement of his house. He was kind enough to let me come there. And this basement is legendary. Thousands of songs have been played there. Nearly as many learned, written, practiced, and recorded there. Um, we went one time to do it. And I just totally screwed it up. Screwed it up. It was the first really screwed up thing of all the recordings I did. But hey, it happens. So uh, it was a lot of fun. He was a gracious host. <laughs> 